0: Okay, let's start our discussion of Parshas Va'ira. Parshas Va'eira, Tovshin Ayin. A number of the, uh, the thoughts that we have, um, that we have tonight, again, it could be used at the Seder, but that's the nature of the story that we are, we are discussing. One or two of them I might have mentioned in a, one of them I know for sure I mentioned in a uh, Haggadah here, but again, it has to do with Parshas Va'ira, so it could be put in both contexts. Uh, again, to start off, just with a, a small thought on two words in Rashi. Rashi in the first pasuk, Vayomer Avedara Elokimu Moshe Hashem says to Moshe Vayomer Elavani Hashem. And he says Ani Hashem and I appeared va'era Elavrami son of Yaakov. Hashem says to Moshe I appeared to Avrami son and Yaakov with Kel Shakai with the name of God of Shakai, u'shmi Hashem L'onadati Lohem, which we will talk about. But Rashi says on the pasuk bey on pasuk gemo va'era and I appeared and the pasuk is about to say Elavrami son of Yaakov. What does Rashi say? Two words El Haavos. I might have forgotten. Right it, it was only two parshes ago that we were relating safe abracies. But El Haavos, it was Rashi adding El HaAvos. It says El Avram El Yaakov. So what does it mean, El Avos? What is Rashi adding? So you have Mayor Parzlanar, one of the great Rebbes, says, What is Rashi adding? Rashi but this is not on your sheet. Rashi's telling us kol echad ve avos Baruch Hu bischus atzmo. No matter what we get from our parents, from our yichus, we each have to make our own difference in life. Yes, Avram is Yaakov. and Avram was the grandfather. That's his yichus, and Yaakov had a great, had a great grandfather, and yitzchak had a great father and a great son. It's all about the relationships. Avram is You know what? Each one of them were avos, as the Gemara says in Bracha Shlosha Avos. Even though one might have great yichus, even though one might have a great, a great father. Right? It doesn't matter. The Diver Chaim was once asked, there, Rebbe." somebody came to meet him and he says, "New? who are you? So the guy says, oh, my father is Rebbe so-and-so and my uncle and my cousin. And my... The Diver Chaim says, who are you? Who are you is not who your father is and who your great uncle and what connections we have. We have to make our own connections. And that's Rashi va'era el ha'avos. Each of the avos personally, made that connection with HaKadosh Baruch. Okay. So, we get into the Pasik as Rashi, as the Pasik that we just read says, I appeared to Avram, Yisraq, and Yaakov. What is that referring to? Says, the, says Rashi, Where am I? And I did not appear, My the name of Hashem, I did not Give to them. What does that mean? So for this, we have to look for one minute at the end of last week's Parsha. right? And then we're going to get to a medrash on this week's Parsha. Rashi at the end of last week's Parsha notes that Hashem is somewhat upset that Moshe Rabbeinu. Somewhat upset. If you remember, right, this paris, this Parsha starts off in Pasach Beis. Pasach bays. How many Parshas do we have that start off with Pasach Beis? Start off with Pasach Aleph. Now, Pasach Aleph, we have to look at to the end of last week's Parsha. What happened at the end of last week's Parsha? Moshe Rabbeinu was complaining to God. Hashem, since I came, it's been worse. I don't want to come in the first place. Three times I said, don't send me. Send my brother. Send anybody. I don't want this. And now I, I came and it got worse and they're all complaining to me. Enough! Hey, R'alamazeh! So what does Hashem say in the last Pasuk? Hashem moshe the end of Parshah You just wait and see. We spoke about this last week. See what I'm going to do to Paro. What does Hashem say to Moshe? Rashi at the end of the Parsha quotes that Hashem was upset. This is the end of Shmos. You are Mahar Hera maamidos. You complained to me, Moshe. Loka Avraham. Not like Avraham, who I told Avraham that Yisla Avinu was going to be a great nation, and then I said, Go kill your son. He didn't say a word. He didn't complain. He didn't say a word to me. And not like Yaakov and not like not like the others. You're complaining. So you know what? Athasir, Rashi calls you're gonna see this, you're not gonna see Eretz Israel. It's just is part of the part of the divine plan. The Medrash says, Well, on this week's parsha, beginning of source number one. Isa bemedrash Raba. Amaleik hareshbarachul deMoshe. Chavalal de'adim lo mishtachin. Hashem says, Woe, woe to me for those that are lost, but they're not forgotten. Who's lost? They're not forgotten. The avos. Harbei pa'amim niglesi Lavrim lisa liYakov. Many times they appeared to Avim Yitzchak and Yaakov b'kel shakai. V'lo dati kishmi Hashem kishem shamati l'cha. And they didn't see me as clearly as you. And we're going to talk about that soon. V'lohiru racham And they were ma'ayah. They didn't second guess me. God, what's, what are you doing? You still in the driver's seat up there? The divine driver's seat? What's going on? It's got, it got worse. It's going in the wrong direction. Almighty Kumas kumasalech bariz la'arko I Told Avraham, go, this land is yours. And what happens? The first experience he has, he comes back, he wants to find a burial plot for Sarah. He can't find the burial plot. But Hashem already promised it to him. Hashem already promised it to him. This is one of the nisyonos. He can't find the place. He's got to pay full price. Now he didn't. He didn't. He didn't say a word. He didn't think anything. told live in this land. I'm going to give it to your zera. And what he couldn't get water. He was fighting with the with the shepherds of Gerar of Yitzchak. He wasn't mahar Yaakov, and what happened? He couldn't find a wife. So all the others had challenges, and yet they didn't ask me. And you, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, why are you asking me? Why are you maharher achar midosai? If we think about this, ask the Darke Musar, of Naiman, if we think about this, it's somewhat puzzling what Chazal is trying to tell us because is it fair to blame Moshe Rabbeinu? There's a major difference between Avram Yisrach and Yaakov not complaining and Moshe Rabbeinu not complaining. Avram Yisrach and Yaakov, he explains, was a personal experience that each of them were going through. They were each having difficulties. They were each having a challenge to their Emunah. This was a promise Hashem gave them. And what happens? Maybe Hashem is... Somewhat, something, someone, something opposite is happening. But what's happening by Moshe Rabbeinu? Is this a personal thing that Moshe Rabbeinu is upset? Hashem, you promised me this and now... What's happening by Moshe Rabbeinu? The entire Klal Yisrael is Ba'avodah. Avodah Kasha. Avodah's Perach. His nation is... Is, is, is getting trampled on. Their babies are getting thrown into the river. Terrible things are occurring. He's the leader of the nation. He's supposed to remain silent? Is it fair to compare this to the Avos? Second paragraph. If Kalah Yisrael would be clobbered and clobbered and clobbered, Moshe Rabbeinu would stay silent. That would be godless. Of course he has the daven. It's his job. Things are getting worse and worse every day. Is this is this, uh, is this the same? How can we compare the two? Then he quotes. a Few lines down. How could a manik? How could a leader just stay silently while his nation while his nation gets killed out? says Rev Naiman. A thought that many other Akronim say as well, but this is how he says it. Vinera Lomar line 21. What was the problem with Moshe Rabbeinu's ta'ina? It wasn't that he was davening. It wasn't that he cared about Chlal Yisrael. That wasn't the point. What was the point? V'hanira Lomar sha'atayinu lo Moshe lo al amo mitoch meri There's one word that did Moshe in. There's one word that Moshe Rabbeinu was that Hakadosh Baruch Hu was upset about. One word that Moshe used in his complaints. It wasn't the content; it was the phraseology. el ala lama hareosah la'am amhaze. The end of last week's parsha. Why are you doing bad to this nation? Amalak Hakadosh Baruch Hu atam osai. You're questioning, but mila shalakadosh Baruch Hu ein ra objectively we believe it's part of Aramuna. there is no ra there is nothing inherently bad that comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu he is the ultimate Tov Umaytiv Tov Umaytiv Lako Ko David Rechman Lutav David. we don't understand it but we can't call it ra Baruch what? when Moshe Rabbeinu after the Egel when Moshe Rabbeinu after the Miraglim? after everything and Hashem is going to destroy Moshe Rabbeinu Davins. Hashem doesn't get upset because Moshe never uses this phrase. It's davka here. Maybe Moshe got the message. It's the first time. So that's fine if you the content, but this phrase cannot be used. That was the problem. That was the problem here. Says the uh, we had we had a thought about this. If you look back, I don't I not I don't want to repeat it. I, I got a note. I already took flack. last week. I repeated the Chavetz Chaim at the beginning of the year. Two people came over to me. You said that last year. Okay, sorry. I don't. I didn't write down the the one liners. Now I have to. Baruch Hashem. It's good that the, the people remember things. Baruch Hashem. But this is I said in the year on uh, last year about the dip, by Yaakov Avinu Ra and Roa. If we could listen back to that uh, to the last thought, but that's the same idea here. We cannot term anything Ra from a Baruch Hu. It says in Eicha, haraos vahatov. Because everything from a Baruch Hu is, is Latov. Is Latov. Similar idea we find, there are other examples of this in, in, the, uh, in the continuation of uh, the Dark Emuser, but a similar idea is found later on in the Parsha. Later on in the Parsha, in Paragzayin, Pasig Yutes. Paragzayin, Pasuk says, the beginning of the Makos. Beginning of the Makos. Take your staff and put it on the waters. And what happened? Hashem tells Moshe to do it, but he doesn't tell Moshe to do it. He tells Moshe to tell Aaron to do it. Why? Moshe Rabbeinu was having the whole conversation, but having the whole conversation with Hakadosh Baruch all of a sudden Aaron. So we know the Rashi Rashi quotes Moshe couldn't do the first couple of makos. Why? Rashi quotes Lefi hayar al Moshe The water protected Moshe. Yeah, it was the Nile River, but the water took care of Moshe Rabbeinu. It wasn't appropriate. Hakarzatov, Hakarzatov to the water. lo the laka The fish came from the water. Couldn't do kinim either, right? The dirt to cover the Mitzri. So Hakaras The Shem Atov asked a simple question. Later on, in source number two, he quotes this Rashi, and then he quotes also by kinim. He couldn't. He couldn't hit the dirt. Source number two. Here is Rashi. The water protected him. Therefore, lalaka ayado. Even though it's an inanimate object, but it's obviously to teach us, obviously to teach us the lesson that he couldn't do anything negative to the to the to the uh, to the water or to the dirt, which protected him when he killed the Mitzri. Says the Shem Hatov, Aba, the end of line seven. Hiksha Hasam sofer dibisofa chovel mina ha milsa da inshi bira de shasaba maya in The Gemara asks, Where do you know Hakaras Hatov from? Where do you know that if somebody did something good for you, so don't do something negative back to them, where do you know it from? The Gemara quotes a Pasuk at the end of the Torah. Parshas Kiseitze. The Pasuk there says, Lo Mitzrayim. We should not totally negate Mitzrayim, send Mitzrayim, distant Mitzrayim away from us. The first three generations, we're not allowed to allow Mitzrayim into our nation, but after that we can. Unlike Ammon and Moab, for example. Why? Why is Mitzrayim not so bad? So the Gemara says, because the Rashi there quotes, they, and the Gemara says also, they gave us a little place to live. They gave us an Achsanya in Mitzrayim. They gave us an in Mitzrayim, so we have to have HaKar for them. Well, we were there for many, many years, so they were our hosts. They gave us some food. They gave us a couple of pennies. So that's why we have to have a karasato for them. Why does the Gemara wait till all the way at the ends of the Torah to learn out HaKar from? Why not from these? Come right here. It's much earlier in the Torah. Moshe, the water. Why does the, why does the Torah wait? The, the end, Kisetzai. Just because Kisetzai has the most mitzvahs, it's okay, you can share, share the wealth. Right here, we can learn Hakaras HaTov from here. It says the Chassam Sofer. It says the Shem Atov. You know why Chazal picked that one? Because if we think about it, the Mitzriim deserve our Hakaras HaTov. The Mitzriim who threw our babies into the Nile River the Mitzrayim who did terrible things to us, for them we have to have a Karis Atov. Says the Shem HaTov, yes, because even in Ra, even in something that's t- so evil and so terrible, sometimes there's a little silver lining. Something's a little good that you can learn from it. HaInu, where it's underlined. The after hayu sonim umishabdim even though the Egyptians hated us. And, 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 and worked us extremely hard. Migzevus kalabena yalod. And all the baby boys had to be thrown into the river. They made our lives miserable for 210 years. And it was so bad. Hashem said, it's so bad, I'm going to take you out earlier. Because these 210 years are just like 400. That must have been terrible. We have to, we have to have a karasatov for them. Because they gave us a couple of pennies. They gave us a place to live. So says the Shemanatov, yes. Because even though it's mostly Ra, the 0.06% of goodness, it's not Batel. It doesn't get nullified. And even though there's so much Ra, we have to find the Tov. We have to find the Tov. HaKadosh Baruch who always focuses, you never say the whole Ra is Mavatel, is mavatel the Tov. Says the Shem An-A-Tom for the next paragraph. V'la'madnu <laughs> mizeh de'ain b'mabat klali al naaseh You don't look at the big picture. Is it good? Is it bad? No. Many things in life are complex. Many things are multifaceted. And therefore, we can't just take one one brush and say, oh, define this event in such a way. There's a little bit, there's a little bit here of, of good and also, and also laugh. So this is similar, not exactly the same, but what the Dar-Ki Musa is saying, right? Moshe Rabbeinu calls it ra. No, no, you can't call it ra. The Egyptian experience, there's no ra. You got to look. We have to search. And even if we search and we don't find it, we believe it's from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, We believe. But Hashbaruch has a divine plan. Rav salvation gives the mashal. He writes it. That imagine, he says, no way that's like. Moshe Rabbeinu said he doesn't, he doesn't understand a lot of things that happen in this world. Sadik Varalo. So, what does the Pasuk say in Paschas Kisisa? You'll see my back, you won't see my front. Right? You'll see my back. So, salvation gives the Mashal. Imagine, you have a beautiful tapestry. And you look at it, it's a beautiful carpet, a beautiful curtain. You look at it, it's beautiful. It's amazing. All the designs and how and the threads fit into each other. Amazing, beautiful. Turn it around. Turn the carpet backwards. Look at the back of the carpet. What does it look like? It's like a mess. The string's coming out all over the place and colors mixed in and things not cut properly. It's all, so all, it's all mush. It's a mess. Because that's the back. That's Olam Hazeh. You turn it around. You see how everything fits in. It looks like it's out of place. But that's what we believe. But this world is Doma Lachoshech. This world is all Lamaze, so we don't know, we don't understand everything with our finite with our finite uh, understanding, and therefore even the Egyptian experience you can't call ra lama I'm making it terrible so I can take you out quicker. You don't understand that now Moshe Rabbeinu. but you can't say lama hariyosa lama You could daven, you could complain. It appears to me it's like this. But we can't objectively call it that, because even as the Shemana Tov says, the Egyptian experience, it had something that we can learn. And that's why Hakkarat's Tov is learned from the end of the Torah, because even in the Ra, you have to look for the Tov and be makir it, be makir the Tov, more than even we learn in, in Parsha's Va'era. At the end of the paragraph, the Shemana Tov says, in the end of the piece, all the way at the bottom, he says, maybe Alderic Drush. Maybe this is a deeper insight into what Chazal say. But there are Tzachos, line 34, Lahazir G'dolim A phrase that we know from elsewhere, which the simple interpretation is that the adults have to make sure that children don't do any averis. Lahazir G'dolim But he says maybe on a deeper level it means Lahazir G'dolim, to warn, looking at the big picture, the G'dolim, the gadol. al No, no, no. have got to look at the Pratim. You gotta look at the Kitanim also. You gotta look at the little things involved, not just at the at the, at the big. Right? Kitanim. And then you lose, you lose a Suranashkafa. You have to look at every many faceted, multifaceted event and try to see all the different levels. Okay. Vayter. Right. continuing, we have at the beginning of the era, of course, the Dalid Lashonos of Geula. Before the fulfillment of Geula, which the Gemara and Pesachim tells us, is the source for the Dalikosos. Again, it's not really the source. dalakosos is a mitzvah derabanan. This is derabanan. We know the night of <coughs> the night of Pesach. We have two bezmanazeh. We have two daraisas. We have two derabannas. We're like, oh, we have the seder. We have so many things. Got to keep track. Two daraisas, two derabannas. Cebritis masraim and matzah. Those are the daraisas and maror and dalakosos Those are the der- derabannas. But Chazal say there's a hint to the Dalat Kosos, from the Dalal Lashonos of Geula. The Yerushalmi learns it from a number of sources. The four times it says Kos by the Sahamashkim and and other, a couple of other sources. But uh, but that's the most famous, as the Sukim say, in the beginning of the Parsha, Pasuk Vav, I will take you out, and I'll save you, and I will redeem you, and I'll take you as a nation. Dalal Lashonos of Geula. Two questions. Many times in Nach, in Navi, the Radak and other mafarshim will take a pasuk in Navi and say "Kafal haInyan show notes. There's a certain type of poetry that Navi is written in that you can have the same thing said twice over, of course, to make it beautiful. Kafal ha'inyan b'milim sho'not. The Radak and others are wont to say that phrase. When a lot of times you say that. But if you look at the Malbim, for example, the Malbim never likes to say that. The Malbim will always find a way to explain each verb, each adjective, adjective in its own unique way. Even Navi says the Malbim never is kafal ha'inyan b'milim sho'not. So if we look at here, this Pasik, is there any way to say that if this isn't just saying Hashem redeemed us in four different ways. He took us out, He saved us. It sounds like four kosos, four lishonos. Is there anything deeper behind those four lishonos? It's four different words. say so if we take a malbim type of approach, is there anything specifically meant to be conveyed by each of those lishonos? Question one. Second question and this is one, is the question of the Nitziv in Source 3 in the Hemek davar says the Nitziv, Chazal wanted to enact for something. Keneged the dalid Lashonos of Ge'ula. Why did they pick wine? Why did they say for matzahs? Now we have three matzahs for other reasons. We're going to for anything. Why wine? Is there anything inherent in the content of wine that connects to the dalal lashonos of Geulah? Says the Nitzv, in source number three. And this, this is the source that I mentioned in the past in a, uh, in Aga this here. V'yish lahazbir, but the Nitzv says in a part of the era, so so could we. V'yish lahazbir, inyan yin Dalai Third line. Let us explain the dalal shonos. Halo, Yaffe Hiksheh Mordechai. He quotes the Mordechai's question. Why is it wine and not four breads or four pieces of meat? Or something of the sort," says the Nitziv. Um, Aval heinyan line ten. To muskal Pashutu, it's obvious if you just think about it a little bit. Shei efshar litzayir, it's impossible to imagine. She yehei hamoni. Shehu keevit knani omed ba'avot ba'avot aschomer ulavenim. It's impossible that one day. There'll be a person. There'll be a nation that will be working backbreaking labor with bricks, with mortar, with cement. And the very next day, overnight, the and the next day, look at the Torah in Arsi'ni. Imagine it's impossible. Think about, think about. Nothing, I have nothing against cement truck drivers. Let's say you had millions of cement truck drivers. They're wonderful people. But the day after, we we'll say, you know what? You are getting the most sublime gift in the history of the world. They can't get it the next day. They're not ready for it. They don't have the capabilities to appreciate it. So if we have a nation of Jews who aren't the Jews yet, but if we have a nation that worked in hard labor, it's impossible so that it seems that overnight, okay, come out, I'm giving you the Torah. So you know what Hashem had to do? He had to redeem us in Stages. These four lashonos of Geulah represent four stages of Yitzias Mitzrayim. Four stages. What are the four stages? Al Kane, line fourteen. Nidras lahalos daitov b'tzalmosh l'adam laat laat. We had to do it little by little. V'kach bi b'Yisrael shahayu megushamim b'tzuro b'das. We were megushim. It's a great term, right? from the word gashmius. We were entrenched. In in mundane activities, we were magushim, betzura, ubedas, v'nisalu b'meshach muadim. So close, we got to Ar Sinai. Four stages. Number one, v'hotseisi eschem itachasivos betzrayim. What is v'hotseisi? What's the first step? The first step is stop the physical labor. That's the first step. If you look, he doesn't quote it, but you can look at the psukim that he quotes. By, by the Makkah of Arov, by the wild animals, that's when the physical labor stopped. Look there, you see what B'nai Yisrael are called there. You can look at the Nisir's commentary there. But, even after the backbreaking labor stopped, they were still slaves. They weren't slaves that were doing physical labor, they were still slaves. So second stage you got to get rid of that status. A little bit later, Hashem took away the status of slaves. Now we were just Egyptian citizens. Egyptian citizens. We were forced laborers. Then we became slaves, but not without the labor. Then we lost the slave. Right. The second level out, we weren't slaves anymore. We were citizens. That's but we still weren't independent. We were still citizens of Egypt. That's what happened at Stage three, we were free. We were no longer citizens of Egypt. We were free. But that's also not the goal. That's also not the goal. Finally, next, pasik, Villa di Hashem took us for him as a nation, we became avde Hashem. The cut, and that's the four g- lashanas of Ge'ulah. They are not, oh, four lashanas, four cups, they're all the same thing. No! It's four stages of Ge'ulah. Four stages. Just like, if you think about it, not for now, but the whole Seder is a process. All the way from Kadesh, all the way to Nirzah, it's a process with a Kosos sprinkled in along the way to symbolize the process. Why wine? Answer the Mordechai's question. Because wine is the only item that we can eat or drink that, when it, we intake it, when we imbibe it, it changes the face of who we are. Sometimes, if we go too far, it's lara, but. In a set, it changes the status, the state that a person is in. If a person has four or four pieces of meat, they just have a stomachache. It doesn't change who they are. If somebody has four pieces of challah, they just get full. But wine is the only substance that could change. So Four lashonos, four stages, and it's wine because wine symbolizes the stages. It changes one's complexion. Okay, let's go back to the psukim for a few minutes. So, if you look in the next parak, parak, uh, not the next parak, the next uh, pesukim, pasuk yud, vav yud, vaydaber shalom sheli more. Hashem says to Moshe, Hashem says to Moshe, go to Paro. Go to Paro, let my people go. Moshe says, Me? They're not going to listen to me. They're going to listen. It's already got worse. They, they don't like me, right? My nation doesn't listen to me. They're, my Paro is going to listen to me. I'm a, and I'm a, I, have a, I have a lisp. What do we expect the next pasuk to be?" Hashem says to Moshe, no, you gotta go. What exactly was said? Unclear. Maybe we'll do that a different time. But Hashem says, no, you gotta go. Fine. What should, we, what should be the next Pasik? Okay, what happened? Tell us the story. But no. We have twenty five Psukim of lineage stuck right in these are the children of Reuven and Shimon and Levi and this is the whole Levi family and Yochebed and Amram and Moshe the whole lineage and then all the way at the end these is the same Aaron and Moshe that are part of the story it's like the narrator stepped in like the curtain closed uh, let me just explain who these people are okay I'm back off continue the story and now we get back they're the ones going to Paro this is stuck in the middle so Rashi picks up on it. It's an obvious question. What's the lineage given in the middle of the story? Says Rashi on Pasuk Aaron. Since, since we had to say who Moshe and Aaron were, and we had to say they were from Levi, so we started from the beginning. Only Ruby Shimon, and Levi are given here. Nobody yet, Yehudah is not mentioned. It's only Ruby Shimon, and Levi. So we had to mention Moshe and Aaron, so we mentioned all the and Levi. We had to mention all the Levi, so we mentioned Ruvi, and Shimon also. So, wonderful Sometimes answers beg more questions. Why do we have to mention Moshe and Aaron? This is the lineage. We already knew who they were. So what do we have to go? And if you want to say this, just say it before the whole story starts. You have to see a in the middle. It's just getting exciting. We're just like, okay, let's go. Let's do the makas. Let's do the signs. We're getting into it. And all of a sudden, okay, family, lineage. Cesar of Nevenzal. I met someone this week. I have to go to Nevinzal more. So I'm trying to make up for it. Nevenzal is always amazing. Cesar of Nevenzal. Vulai nitan lahamshicht dvarav shal Rashi v'lo markach. Maybe this is what Rashi means. It's source three. Kavanas haTorah ulam The Torah is teaching us. This is kind of opposite of the part that we started off with tonight. Shemosh v'aron im kol gdu lasam u'malasam Moshe and Aaron, these people who are about to do amazing things for the next for the rest of the Torah. Right now, it's starting. What did Moshe and Aaron do so far? Not much. They're about to do it. So right after it starts, remember, they had parents, they had cousins, they had great people where they came from. They had great family where they came from. Yes, Moshe Rabbeinu was a special child. Right? He was ma'al. He had a brisk milah when he was born. The whole house lit up when he was born. That's true. Ze'einu maschil mikach. But it didn't start there. Ha'yu lo' Abba ve'ima she'bizchutam nolad tinok tahor kaze. In the zechus of Amram and Yocheved, this baby was born. Chashuv sheneda she'moshe ve'aron she'y manhigiyah magdolim e'na manhigim b'zchutat tzvam belvad. There is a kesher haduk between them and their parents. And dalacha, the Torah says, as we're about to get started, know they have Yichus. No, what importance we have to look at. Line 12, Moshe, in Iraq Moshe, Elagam ben Amram. He's not only Moshe, but he's also the son of Amram. And Amram is from Kahas, and Kahas is from Levi. And Levi comes from the Avos HaKadoshim. They didn't come, Yesh Me'ayin. So yes, we have to do everything ourselves, but we also have to realize, and have Akara, and recognize then Moshe and Aaron also had wonderful parents. They also had wonderful parents. The Rav Salvechik also—I think I mentioned this in a shir last year. He says, "We say in Oz Yashir every v'Yanveyu, Alokhei Avi v'Arumim We have two connections to Avodah Zarahu. Zekeli—it's my God, my direct connection—and Alokhei Avi, I also stand on my forefathers' shoulders." So that's the balance of the Avos. Rashi started off and says so of Nevenzal, this is dafka stuck in there to make you realize they were great, but also have to realize where they came from. Roshlomo Zalman writes in a, um, in a Sheva Brachas that uh, the only, when we sing at a wedding, what fruit do we compare a chasin and kala to? We compare them to grapes. Invehagefen. Why grapes? Why not Pomegranates. Right? They should have as many children as a pomegranate seed. Right? Not pomegranates. Right? We say, right? why grapes? So, Shlomo Zalman says beautifully, he says, could use it at any Sheva brachis. Grapes are the only thing that grow, the vine, that needs to be supported by something else, by poles that hold it up. An apple tree just grows. Pomegranate tree, we have one right outside. No pomegranates yet, but it's growing. A vine, it's got to be wrapped around something else. Got to put in a pole, got to put in a fence. So that's what we tell the, the Chassan and Kala. Wonderful, you're amazing. But remember, you're wrapped on something. Invehagefen, Remember the roots. Moshe and Aaron remember their roots. Moshe and Aaron remember where they came from. Okay, continuing. So we have, we go back to the story after the lineage is given and Moshe Rabbeinu starts off the Makos. But even before that, the last Pasuk, right before the action starts taking place, Vayomer pasuk Lamid, parak vav the last Pasak in parak vav vayomer Moshe lefnei Hashem Moshe says in front of Hashem hein ani aral svatayim veichishmay leiparo again Rashi said this is a repeat, repeat. right we're getting back to what we said earlier hein ani al svatayim the meshachachma again the second week in a row that he finds allusion to a halacha in a text which doesn't look halachic at all. Moshe Rabbeinu was just saying, I can't go, anir al Sfatayim." First, says the Meshachachma, he picks up on a phrase that hardly ever appears in the Torah. What did we just read? Vayomer Moshe, lifnei Hashem. What do we ever have? That's a very unusual phrase in the Torah. Moshe says in front of Hashem. Moshe says to Hashem. What do you mean lifnei Hashem? It's not only here. Look back. We're back at the beginning, where, where, where we just had it before, in Pasach Yudbeis. Moshe, lefnei Hashem Again, what's the Hashem? What is, the, what is that phrase meant to teach us? We don't have it anywhere else in the Torah. Just here twice. Says the Meshachachma. What just happens before this discussion? Beginning of Eirah, what did Hashem tell Moshe? Va'era beginning of the parsha par- par- again. Va'era el avr mel yisla val bekel shakai. I appeared <speaking> to avr because in yakov ushmi hashem l'onodati lohem. But they did not know my shame hashem. Meaning, what is hashem telling Moshe? Hashem is telling Moshe, you're going to be a different navi than anyone else. You're going to be unique. You're going to be special. That's what Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu at the beginning of parsha of va'era. You're going to be different than the avos. You're going to be peal pead aberbo you're going to be direct, says the Meshachachma. Kasher, left side. Kasher, his aware also Hashem Yisbarach. When Hashem awakens in Moshe and makes him realize, Kinuvu so His nevuah is on a different level. Hashem ba'aspaklar yehameira. And he will see clearly, as clear as a human being could see, Moshe rama. That is why the two very next times after Moshe Rabbeinu is told that he's going to be different, it says, Moshe says, L'fnei Hashem. As if to tell me he realizes what he has to do. He has to he realizes the type of communication that he is having with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. L'fnei Hashem. Kane b'chol haTorah Kula. These two phrases are never repeated again in such a context. Moshe says, what do you mean L'fnei Hashem? Because I know I'm L'fnei Hashem. I know that right now, he just told me that I'm different. That's why he says it twice. Back in Passock Yudbey. But now he says that's one Ha'ara. But then he continues and says, now this is the basis for Rahalacha. Why twice? Moshe Rabbeinu was asked by Hashem, and Moshe says, no, no, I can't do it. Then he's asked by Hashem again, he says, no, 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 I can't do it. And then he's asked a third time. What does that remind us of? Shliach Tzibur, Gabbai comes over. You know, you want to daven? No, 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 no. Well, it's amazing how everybody gets a sore throat whenever the Gabbai comes over it's them to ask them to daven. The thr- they, they've been screaming outside for the past hour. The Gabbai. oh, it's amazing. So, what? so, so the Gabbai, so most good Gabbai know the halacha. Okay, I'm going to get you two more times. One more time. The halacha is in Shulchan Aruch. The first two times, we're supposed to say no. Right, the first time, for sure no. The second time, not really find somebody else. Third time, you got to say yes. Third time, the guy asks ask you, says the Meshechachma. This is the source. The first time, say no. The second time, at all. Moshe Rabbeinu said, they're not going to listen to me. Hashem says again. And now Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, 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 what? And then finally, third time, you got to do it. Third time you got to do it. Zeu shamar. And that's why after this third time he's asked, what does Moshe Rabbeinu say? In Pasuk, Yud, Pasuk, Lamid, Hain ani. What does hein mean from the word hine? I'm here. Hain ani, I'm ready. Because that's the halacha. After the third time he's asked, that's the halacha. Says the Meshachachma on line 12. Hain ani, pierce muzuman lelech. But... Here says the Meshakma Oshabinu still says Aral Sfatayim. What is that? Why did he refuse the after a third time? Is it against, that against the Halacha? Says the Meshakmah, no. If you look in the Mefarshim, the Mefarshim say, if it's an if it's an unbelievable position that the Gaba is asking you for, if it's Ne'ilan Yom Kippur, you could even you could even refuse the third time. If it's a position that is a Misra, not a regular stama, stama Davening. So this was an, this was to lead Klal Yisrael. Out, so he says, "Hey, Nani, I'm muhan, I'm ready, because I know the halacha." After the third time, you know what? what, Me, me to lead be the goal, Yisrael. That I can't do. So the Meshech tells us on the one hand, the only two places in the Torah where this disappears appears, Hashem, because he just realized that he was a different type of navi, and number two, again, an allusion to an allusion to the halacha of refusing the first two times, the third time, Hey, Nani, I'm ready and time to time to um, redeem the Jews. Okay, we've got to talk a little bit about the Makos. About the Makos. Periches, <coughs> Pasig Periches, of Orov. What does Hashem say to Moshe? Hashem says to Moshe, Go tell Paro that you gotta let me gotta let my Jews my nation free. Ki Zayin. if you don't set, let out my nation. Mashliach b'avadecha arov I'm gonna send you the wild animals. And wild animals, this is this is a scary maca. If we think about it a little bit, like growing up, you don't even really realize it. We have this beautiful hagada downstairs at home, and um, it has pictures. Imagine lions and tarantulas and snakes, these ferocious ant and bears, grizzlies. This was a serious. All the macas were serious. Just got to imagine. Imagine the macas. So I'm going to send you the arov. Umalu vate arov, and the arov the wild animals will fill all the houses of Egypt. Vegam ha adama asher and also the adama, and also the grounds where they are. Ask a number of the achronim. What is that last, those last five words of the Pasuk to teach us? Right, if you don't say that, my nation, you know what? The, the animals and the ground are coming. What does that mean? The animals are coming. The animals and the ground that they're on? Two thoughts. One I've mentioned before in a Haggadah this year and one is new. First, the nachlas Yaakov, source number six. But Nachlas Yaakov is the nesivas. Rabbi Yaakov Melisa, his commentary on Chumash says the Nahkos Yaakov. What is that phrase? (laughs) If a dog is not in its city, it could go seven years without barking. What does that mean? If an animal doesn't feel like it's in its natural habitat. If an animal doesn't feel at home, the animal is not going to act at home. The animal not going to act normal if it's out of its if, its... if it's natural place to be. If it doesn't smell the dirt of its land, it's going to be shy, it's not going to know what to do. HaKadosh Baruch not only brought Arov, but he brought all of the natural habitats of Arov to Mitzrayim. He had to build a jungle in Mitzrayim so that all the animals of the jungle felt at home in order to then be able to attack the Mitzrayim. He had a, a part of Mitzrayim, part of Mitzrayim was the North Pole. Part of Mitzrayim was the Amazon. Part of Mitzrayim... It was all because that's how the animals would be comfortable enough to then, to then take it to the Mitzrayim. Fazel ma'mar kodesh Imhad Yavo Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim uvmalu vate Mitzrayim. Umemela em emhadam shehim aleha. Went there on their own ground. Aldezel libam yekarvam lahamis haadam ha-nashim makarabah. You don't walk into a lion's lair, right? A lion outside of the lair is less dangerous than walking into the lion's lair. So everybody had their home in Mitzrayim. G-d Shabbos brought not only brought the animals, but He brought the habitat of the animals. And then there's a second shot of the Grah. says the Grah. V'haddam HaShahim Aleha. says the Grah. You can, it can explain this, obviously, based on a Mishnah in Misacha's Kilayim. Misacha's Kilayim says the Grah. Rashi says that every single kind of wild animal was in Mitzrayim. Right? Every one. Every kind of wild animal. Rashi says, Every kind. And a Mishnah Masechah's Kilayim tells us that there is a certain type of animal, Chaya Sheshma Yidoni. There's a certain type of animal that's called the Yedoni. V'keshura It is an animal which is attached to the ground. It is half ground, half animal. V'yem kakesher, miyad mesa. And if you would cut this animal from the ground, you'd be killing it. It can't live except when it is attached to the ground. That's this yodoni. The Mishnah client talks about it. Says the Grah. Rashi says that every single type of animal was in Mitzrayim. How'd they get the yodoni there? The only way is if the ground went with him. If the yodoni took the ground that he was attached to with him, that's HaDama Shehima son animals need that Adama with them. It's connected to the ground, says the Grah. Says the Grah. Natural habitat. No, it's referring to one animal. One animal, the Edoni animal that needs the ground needs the ground to to nourish it. So that's what Arets means. That's what Arets means. One final thought related to the Parsha, and then we'll get to what I wanted to end with. We had two Meshachachmas these past two weeks, so two review of Continuing the Parsha, we have in Parak Tes, Pasach Paro, as he has after every makkah, cries to Moshe Rabbeinu. So at the end of the Parsha, after Barad, after hail comes, Paro says, Hatiru El Hashem. you got to daven. I can't live. Everything's been destroyed. I can't live. It's terrible. I'll send out your nation. I'll send them out. Just get rid of this. Just get rid of this. Hatiru El Hashem. Says Rav Yeruchim. You know what? Paro was telling the truth. Paro wasn't lying here, he really meant every word. He meant that I'm going to send... I can't take it anymore. I'm going to send them out. Who needs the last three makkas? These seven are good enough for me. I'm going to send them out. Lo b'sheker is Ki He wasn't joking. Ella. But you know what? He wasn't joking. But right now he felt the pressure. Right now he felt borrowed. But what naturally is going to happen... The makka's gone. All of a sudden, there's shechacha. All of a sudden, we don't remember how bad it was. So, he meant it. But tomorrow, he forgot, and he changes his mind. And this is tzchunat adam. This is what happens to all of us. We're going through its sorrow. There's somebody sick in the family. We're going through a difficult time. We're davening. We're pushing. We're, we're pushing. The pu- baruch Hashem, somebody has a refuah or on The other way, All of a sudden, over time, we're much more relaxed. Much more relaxed in our tefillah. Much more relaxed in our. Not everything is totally not going to just baruch every second of my life. No, no, it's kind of things go. Things go day by day. When we're under pressure I can move mountains I can do whatever you want I'm under pressure A little bit A little bit of a Pesach A little bit of taking the pressure off A little bit All of a sudden we don't, we don't realize the fire anymore We change our tune Right, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, we feel the pressure. We feel it. It's all on the line. Oh, we're going to do this, then we're going to do that. It's going to be unbelievable. A month or two later, you no. Know, we don't feel the pressure. We're no better than Paro, says Yeruchim. Barad's coming down on our head. Okay, 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 we're going to do it. All of a sudden, no more Barad? Okay, forget it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I go back on my word. we got to feel the pressure we got to feel Baruch every moment of our life. It's all Tali on Him. Everything is Tali. We always say, no matter what, Rafa'inu Hashem Rafa'i, Hashem doesn't matter, everything is Tali on Baruch Hu. We can't forget the hard times when they do not exist. Just like to end tonight with two thoughts related to this Shabbos. Which is not only Shabbos, but as we know, it's also Rosh Chodesh. Rosh So one halachic thought and one hashgothic thought. This halachic thought, I was toying with the idea of giving a she'er on this the Shabbos, but instead I just gave the the idea of the she'er. Maybe we'll have a she'er about it another time. But uh, at least the root idea of the shear is going to be said in the halachic part and then a hashgothic part. First the halachic part. Mr. Brewer writes in source number 9, in Toph in the Little, thin volume of the Mishnah Bura. The Mishnah Bura writes, quoting earlier sources, ach- achronim. we know that on Rosh Chodesh there is no obligation to have bread. There's no chiv se'uda on Rosh Chodesh. But the Shulchan Arach says, it's a mitzvah, it's nice. Nice it to be mar se'uda. The Poskim say, Mishnah Bura quotes it, that when Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbos, so that I talk about this in Shul, when Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbos, but when I talk about it in Shul, it's already too late. Right? When Rosh Chodes falls out on Shabbos, you should have a special dish that's not usually had on Shabbos. That's the Rosh Chodesh dish. Because it's not just Shabbos, it's Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. So we should have a special dish, we should cook something special, prepare something special that we don't usually have. So when everybody at the table is like, oh, what's this? It's the Rosh Chodesh dish. Right, covered Rosh Chodesh. Right, And when it falls down on Shabbos, make something extra that we don't have on a regular Shabbos. So it's for Rosh Chodesh. Okay, wonderful. But it's a fascinating Machlokas. We know the general rule is if I forget Ritzay in benching on Shabbos, the rule is I have to repeat benching. Why? Because there is a chi of se'udah. And the rule is if I, had a chiev, if I had a chiev to eat bread, if I mess up the benching, I have to repeat. So, by the first two meals of Shabbos, if I forget ritzeh, I have to repeat benching. If I forget yalav on Rosh Chodesh, on a weekday, I do not have to repeat benching. Right? Because there's no chiev to eat bread on Rosh Chodesh. Oh, it's a nice thing to do. But you don't have to eat bread. What happens if this Shabbos, I forget yalav yavu? I say ritzeh, but I forget yalav yavu. Very possible. So, what, it, so on the one, you can say, what would you say? You don't have to repeat that chicken. has to do with Rosh Chodesh. You don't have to have bread today because of Rosh Chodesh. It's only because of Shabbos. But on the other hand, this is a Rosh Chodesh meal, which you have to have bread for. So, it's a Machlokas. It's a Machlokas in the tour, the tour in Simon, Rash Pechas, in Arachayim, Source of a 10, quotes two opinions. Somebody mentions Ritzei, but forgets yalav yavo. You don't have to repeat benching. You don't have to repeat benching. Even though this meal you have to have bread, so it isn't the rule. You have to have bread, you have to repeat. No. But No, because ninety-eight percent of Rosh Chodesh, six sevenths of the time, when it doesn't fall out on Shabbos. Right, so you don't have to repeat. So here too, says Rav Yosef in the tour, you do not have to repeat. But when you're only eating breakfast of Shabbos, the Kasav Achir, Rav my brother, the tour says, Rav Yechiel argues, right? Ula Zed Daitinote, and the tour likes the other opinion. If you forget Yalav Yavo, you have to repeat. We possibly like the first opinion. We possibly you don't repeat. But what's behind this Machlokas? What's the Svarah behind the Machlokas? Another question. The Gemara Mesechah's Beitza, Source 11. On Daph What happens when Shabbos and Yontif fall out on the same day? This is Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. When Shabbos and Yontif fall out on the same day, how many Brachos of Shmona Esrei are there? So we know what the answer is, what we do. But really it's a Machlokas. Tana Rabanan Yantif Shachalias Pes Shabbos Omrim Mispalal Shmona Beishamai says there are eight brachas of Shmona Esrei three at the beginning and three at the end like we always have and two in the middle one bracha of Shabbos and one bracha of Yantif that's Beishamai the Omrim no Mispalal Sheva no one bracha combine it put Shabbos and Yantif together. And that's what we hold. We hold that every Shemona Esrei throughout the year either has 19 brachas, 7 brachas, and one day a year, Musaf has 9 brachas, 2 days a year. Lomaisa. Right, Rosh Hashanah has 9 brachas Musaf, every other Yantif 7 brachas. Beishamai has 8. Why does Beishamai say to keep them separate? And why does Beishamai say to keep them together? So a number of the Achronim suggest the following idea to explain both questions. What's the Machlokas about by benching? And what's the Gemara about? This coming Shabbos! How are we supposed to view it? What are we supposed to feel this Shabbos? Are we supposed to feel that uh, today is Shabbos? Today is Rosh Chodesh. Wonderful. With a comma in between. It's Shabbos, comma, Rosh Chodesh? Or are we supposed to get up in the morning and say, Today is Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh. Today is Shabbos hyphenated. Rosh Chodesh. Today is one unique day. A unique kedusha which blends both themes of Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. And the same question could be asked on Shabbos and Yontif. Says Beishamai. The Kedushas have a comma in between. Two separate brachas. Shabbos, comma, Yontif. Two brachas which one asked right. Says Beishamai, what are you talking about? All you make kedusha, they blend it to one. Shabbos and Yontif could have one bracha. Back to the first Machlokas. The first opinion of Yosef says, you don't go back. Why? Shabbos is Ritzay, and Yav, Yavos, is You don't have to repeat benching. You forgot Yavos, Yavos. That has nothing to do with why you have to have the bread. It's two separate Kedushos. It's Shabbos and it's Rosh Chodesh. But the other opinion says, no, it's one unique, beautiful day together. It's Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. It's a hyphenated Kedusha. And therefore, that opinion holds, you have to repeat. One final connected idea, and then we'll get to the Devar Hashkafa on Rosh Chodesh. And that is an amazing machlokas between Rav Moshe Feinstein and Rav Shlomo Zalman Rav Moshe Feinstein has the following case. There was, he has a Shaila in Luban, right before he came to America, at Source 12. He said he poskined. One time there was a Jew that Rahman al was taken by the authorities to jail. He was taken by the Pharisees to jail. And he was Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, And he was stuck in jail on Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. So he had a daven in there, but he didn't have a sitter. He didn't have a sitter. So he knew most of davening by heart. So he davened Shachris. And then he got to Musaf. He's like, uh-oh. I don't know Atayat Sarta by heart. The special Musaf of Rosh Chodesh. So you know what he did? He said, he can't to Shabbos he said, the regular Shabbos, Shmon Esrei. Look, I'm davening musaf. I don't know what I'm going to get. I know. Well, what can I do? He davened to count the Shabbos. Later that day, he got out of jail. Rav Moshe told him, daven the weekday, Rosh Chodesh, Shmona Esrei. you already daven for Shabbos. Daven the weekday, Rosh Chodesh, Shmona Esrei. Tezer Shlomo Zalman, no way. Rabbi Moshe writes that in source 12. Shlomo Zalman says, no way. Today is Shabbos for Chodesh. I don't care that you say, Ati Yetzarta Shabbos. Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. Say, Ati Amazing. What's the Machlokas about? It's our issue. According to Shlomo Zalman, it's one beautiful kedusha. Today is an Ati Yetzarta day. It's not Shabbos Kama. You are not say Shabbos. Today's not Shabbos. Today's Shabbos for Chodesh. Mashe according to Rabbi it's Shabbos. That's Rosh Chodesh. Again, there's a lot more, but these are a couple of the sources that relate to this halachic topic. One final thought related to Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. And we could even preface this thought this isn't just Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, this is Shabbos Rosh Chodesh Shvat. And what does that symbolize? What is Shvat about? of Avram Shor, Halechak HaLibov, in Source 14. Shabbos Rosh Chodesh Shvat. Rosh Chodesh, uzman, Rosh Chodesh is all about renewal. La Based on earlier sources. Says her I'm sure. When Mashiach comes, we're not going to be Ola Laregel three times a year. Every Rosh Chodesh, we're going to be Ola Laregel. Rosh Chodesh is going to be like a Yantif. Bishash Yehudi Ola Laregel, Venefras Pavayas Ha. Based on Migdash, Ulakhaim Lirosville Ros, Harizakhulskadesh, Ula Kabochi is Khadash. And says the says Rabbi Sadok. That, line eleven, the comashaanuyoser krovimosa mashiach, hareni tosif ha harabroshkhodesh. The closer we get to the days that Rosh Khodash is going to be a holiday, the more special those days are, and the more Kadush they are, and the greater spiritual lights that can be gleaned from those days. So, in these days of Ikhfasat and Meshicha, days of Rosh Chodesh represent days of tremendous potential. And he continues, "What is the potential in general of the and specifically Shvat?" I, I, you have to go to the fifteen and then to the next column. Chashavti says, I am sure Shvat is about blossoming. Shvat out of any Rosh Chodesh." maybe the one that it's the most, the biggest Rosh Chodesh that symbolizes his schadshus and renewal is Rosh Chodesh Shvat with two Bishvan on the horizon and the springtime on the horizon and, and, and blossoms. As we know, the physical world always reflects the spiritual world. Growth in the natural world is growth in the spiritual world. Isn't it fascinating, says I'm that at this time of year, every year, Shmos, Va'era, what did we just read last week? And what does Chazal say? Rashi quotes that either it was a new king, or even more radical, it was the same old king, but he had the ability to have a total new, totally new attitude to the Jews. The Jews who saved his country! The Jews who Without them, they would be nothing. The whole world wouldn't be, be there. And yet he was able to turn around and say, I don't care about the past. I'm going forward. If he has the Koach Chadshus, Kol Shekane says i sure we need to have that Koach the ability of, even though. We're not near any Yantaf right now. We're past Chanukah. It's not Purim yet. Pesach is in a while. But we have to have that Hishachos as we get close to Rosh Chodesh Shvat. As we get close to a day that's both Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. We have to have that idea. And finally, related. This time of year, there was a minog that started being quoted in the sources about 500 years ago. Some of you might have heard of it. Of shovavim, shovavim. What's shovavim? The earliest source seems to be uh, the Leket, one of the early sources is the Leket Yosher, the Talmud of the Truma Adeshen, 1500s. He quotes Shovavim. What's Shovavim? It's easy. It stands for Shmos Right? Shmos through Tesavim. That's Shovavim Tat. Shovavim Tat is known as a time period of chuva, a time period where many learn certain areas of Halacha. Some even fast on Mondays and Thursdays during this time of year. Why Dafka this time of year? So in the earliest sources, it's fascinating if you look it up, in the earliest sources, it was only the Shovah Tat of a leap year. Why? Because then there was so much time between the Chagim, between Sukkot and Pesach, it was like, we're starving for a yantif! We need something to inspire us! So, let's let's do Shovah Tat. Let's make some, some some push for tshuva and for inspiration. But there's so much time. But over time, it became every year, even like this, next year's a leap year. But this year's not... So over time it came to be that it was every, every year. There's a middag that some people just learn certain uh, items during this time of year. Towersimishpacha, other areas. But says the Yismach Yisrael, Surah 16, this is in the Sefer, Moad and Lesimcha. He says, isn't it interesting that during Shovah Vim Tat, we're always reading the story of the Jews and their Yerida and their Aliyah. He doesn't mention this, but think about it. Shmos through Tetzaveh. That's the process. Shmos, we start going down. Shmos, the air, bobishalah. When do we get back up, Toto? When does the final stage? Especially the Ramban says, the Mishkan. That's the Gemar Har Sinai. And what's the end of the Mishkan? The Sava go together. They're the Mishkan. And then we go downhill again by Kisisa with the Egel. But Shmos through Tetzaveh is a process of Yerida and Aliyah. Bnei Yisrael were machadish themselves. They went down and we became a nation. That's also at this time of year. As we read this, it's Shabbos, it's Rosh Chodesh, it's Fayakim al-Lachadish yosef And it is Hischadshus, says the Mardim Lassimcha, says Rimavaram Shor, says the Chadushi says Ritzada. Put them all together. We've got to take advantage. We kind of take advantage of the, we, as we have Rosh Chodesh getting close to Yemosa Mashiach. As we have all of these together, this Rosh Chodesh Shvat should be a time of blossoming, a time of renewal, a time that we think back to what we wanted to do six months ago during, during the Yom Narayim, And we take it upon ourselves again and Baruch Hashem build up steam during these months and weeks and B'Zochet uh, to fulfill all of our potentials.